Critical Dub Network, and you are tuned in. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuning in to the Flagrant Two with the big homie D Murph, where I literally, and I mean literally, always got something to say, verbally or even non-verbally. Y'all ready? I know I'm ready. Let's do it. World listeners, podcasters, whomever listening to me right now. I have a brother who I'm definitely honored and privileged to have on the show. Creator, author, liberator, servant, former lead singer of 3D with Pharrell himself of Star Trek Entertainment. Jermaine Tober, aka Nate Calloway, aka now the homie Jay. Welcome to the Flagrant Two, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you for having me on. <laughs> yes, sir. No, thank you though. Thank you first and foremost, man, for for just giving not only my audience and just the world an opportunity for you to tell your story. So. A few things about Jermaine World that I want to start off, and this is going to be a dope episode, but this gentleman, and I'm going to let him introduce himself, World, so just be patient, but what really drew me to this brother, he's from the Midwest, Detroit, born and raised, and he's living in Texas, so he's just a few hours up the road, so just to let y'all know in a little bit on that, but Jay, if you can just let the world know just more about yourself more like about your story and then we can go from there all right for sure yeah uh, like you said i'm born and raised in detroit michigan um actually i'm number nine of ten total that my parents had uh got my early start in music uh probably at the age of seven or eight uh, which is where i started playing the piano by ear Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad plays piano all of my uncles plays multiple instruments Uh, so it's kind of just been flowing in my genes Uh, and so I started there uh, probably towards middle school and high school Um, I started to you know kind of actually hone the gift of singing which is came out of the out of the blue really Uh, it was really more so high school there was only one incident uh, in my eighth grade year of middle school where uh, I had the opportunity to sing in a uh, an ensemble that my music teacher was putting on and I had like a maybe a one or two liner as a soloist or whatnot but Mm -hmm. I definitely wasn't a singer then it was just something that I you know explored with because I had some buddies that were singing in it Uh, but then high school like age 16 man was really when you know, I really started to develop and really started to, to recognize like, wow, I, I think I actually have something uh, with this singing thing. And so I uh, started a, a group uh, in my high school with a couple of fellas or a few fellas, like four of us. Uh, we started doing shows at uh, like different churches or different, you know, even other secular uh, segments or different secular events and whatnot. Um, 
yeah, so that was kind of where we really got our first start. And we, we did like a talent show at our high school, took mm -hmm. first place singing Tanks, uh, hit by, at, the, at that time, Slowly, uh, the, the song Slowly from Tank. Yes, sir. Uh, we, uh, and that was a great experience, uh, kind of boosted our confidence. Uh, and then I kind of just walked away from music. I not necessarily walked away because I wasn't necessarily, you know, headstrong. I was just kind of really at this point just... Uh, uh, what do you call it fiddling you know mm -hmm. with this gift that you know that that i was given right. uh, and so i actually ended up going going off to college uh and i came out uh, after a year and a half uh and decided that uh i felt like i wanted to actually pursue music uh, for a career uh called those same fellas uh, uh that, that i sang in high school with and, and asked them if they wanted to maybe start a gospel group mm -hmm. uh, and so we did that and we actually you know we're, we're really headstrong uh, with that gospel group situation. Uh, and that was kind of really where the ambitions took off, the, the motivations, uh, the, the full, you know, full throttle, you know, tunnel vision. Music was what I wanted to do from that moment. Nice, nice, nice. So in that time, as I said earlier, you know, you were the lead singer of the group 3D, which consists of, of course, yourself, John Houston, and J. Drew Sheard. How did you guys come together as one? Okay, yes. Yeah, so um, after being in that, that, that gospel group I was telling you about, uh, which, by the way, we were, you know, managed by um, the legendary Mitchell Jones from uh, the legendary gospel group uh, Commissioned. Nice, um, yeah. And so we were actually a group for like maybe four years and then we just disbanded. Uh, we, we had different views, different paths that we wanted to take and and we just kind of disbanded. And so I actually started my solo journey. Mm, okay. and, um, and so uh, I, I began that solo journey and now I'm actually doing R&B uh, solo. And I probably did that for like three or four years. And I was actually, you know, gaining some notoriety in my city uh, in Atlanta, mainly. Uh, okay. As a solo R&B artist, uh, and then Jay Druett signed to Pharrell. <clears throat> excuse me, Jay Druett signed on to Pharrell's Star Trek as their first in-house producer, and they had a conversation here and Pharrell about starting a group. So uh, Jay Drew just ended up calling myself and and my my, my other guy, and I asked, you know, hey, you guys want to be in a group? You know, me and Pharrell was talking, and we think we want to begin a group, and so like yeah you know what i mean that's that's perfect opportunity for where I, where I see my life going and so we took that and that's how we actually got together nice 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 so with the success and i know you were doing very good traveling getting ready to just really take not only off professionally but personally though as your professional life started to to blossom things started to change and and that's when you started realizing that things wasn't as normal as they used to and if you can just kind of talk about those moments where you felt that it was a different part of you that you didn't expect or that you didn't really know what was coming yeah, um, probably um, maybe a, a couple weeks after we began our recording process with 3D, uh, the group under Pharrell, uh, I, I got introduced to marijuana after being at a party and, you know, seeing my friends uh, do it and, you know, just me just being curious and wanted to try it. 
and uh and so i smoked then and literally from that day on i smoked like seven and a half months straight on an everyday basis mm. uh, massive co uh, consumptions uh and then towards like maybe like the seventh month i started to notice that um i, I saw things differently i started to notice my perceptions were uh wavering i was looking deep into uh scenarios that that, that, that didn't call for uh my my you know looking so closely into like i, I would take a, a certain environment or situation or scenario reality and try to you know pick and choose the reality that i wish to sit you know that i, that I was wishing to see mm -hmm. uh, so just really kind of altering reality in, in a sense not actually of course not on purpose not right. online but brain was doing whatever it was wanting to do and i believe that you know that, that marijuana opened you know my brain or opened myself to 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 all those you know different possibilities and scenarios that it could come up with um and so um i, I remember uh there was a situation uh, and actually all this you know kind of led you know into me actually being diagnosed with schizophrenia depression and being mm -hmm. admitted into a, a psychiatric hospital and staying 10 days and i'll kind of you know tell the story on uh the the, the night that i was admitted uh, i was actually with a friend of mine uh, we were picking up our cousin from a department store that she worked at mm -hmm. and uh, her cousin wasn't off off the clock quite yet and so we just decided to just walk around the store and you know maybe you know pick out some things or whatever mm -hmm. and my friend i remember she, she was um, she was intrigued by some microwaves in the in the appliance section and so it's like a microwave like on it's like the third shelf and she asked me to bring it down for her and so i reach up and i get the microwave and uh on my way to put it into the basket Man, I, I felt like uh, it, it felt like something jumped onto and then going into my body. Mm. It was very, it was a really, really, really peculiar situation. Uh, and so then my my body became like very, very, very light, like light, like almost like a feather. Um, and it, it, things started slowing down. It, it, was, it was really almost like I was in slow motion. Really, uh, and I, I'm not sure if I, you know, displayed any of that to my friend. Right. I don't know if she knew anything was going on, but something was definitely happening. And it was just like I was almost like floating, man. It was crazy. Mm. Um, and, and mind you, I'd actually, you know, smoked marijuana, you know, even before we even took that trip to the store as well. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, so we get into the car. You know, our cousin finally gets off work, and we're headed back to my friend's house. And I remember uh, suddenly while in the car, uh, my breathing became, uh, it came, became difficult for me to breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it felt like something was holding onto my heart, gripping it, like mm -hmm. squeezing it back and forth. And, and I remember looking over to her and saying, hey, like, you know, it feels like something is, you know, squeezing on my heart. I can't really breathe. And I remember her, you know, kind of giving like this little grin. And at that point, you know, I couldn't really understand. My mind couldn't understand what, how could, you know, someone give a grin after somebody just explained that right, their breathing, right. you know, is not really functioning properly. And so then at this point, my mind now is starting to like come up with its own scenarios. Like I was just telling you, start to, you know, grappling or grappling for, you know, those, uh, 
whatever it could come up with. So now I'm thinking like, okay, is she plotting on me? Is she, you know, did she set this up? Like, is she doing something mm. to, to make this? Like, is she, you know, practicing voodoo? Is, is this witchcraft or, you know, all, all, all kinds of things are, are coming into my mind at, at this point. Um, cause I just couldn't figure out how, how she could give that grant or my, my mind couldn't figure out how, cause I, I wasn't really trying to do any of this. Like, but you know, my mind was just thinking of all types of things. Uh, and then she was the one that actually gave me, you know, the weed, you know, going, you know, before we went to the store. So I'm mm -hmm. like, did she give me? Was know, it like lace? Yeah, right. right. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, did she, did she do this to me? Like, did she give me this lace weed or whatever? I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, we, we actually end up going into a uh, gas station to get some gas. And, you know, I'm the gentleman. I'm the only guy in the car. So I always get gas when I'm with a female. Right, right, so right. I get out step out of the car man and you know how you how you get out of the car and you're about to get gas you're now in open atmosphere you're in open space mm -hmm. and all you see is people all you see is motion and commotion uh and so you know i'm i'm, sta I'm standing outside the car and you know I'm, I'm hearing people talk whether it be on their phone whether it be to the person that they're with i'm just hearing noise or just life <laughs> just everyday life really is what it is right and it's so crazy because I, I started to all all the all the people's voices I was I was hearing you know all, all of their all, everything that they were saying my brain started to associate them, them actually trying to communicate with me I actually I actually believed that everybody around me that was doing just living their everyday life I thought that they were actually trying to communicate with me mm. so I was taking their voices you know just period. And just make it my brain was was telling me like they're talking to you they're talking to you oh he's talking to you and he, he could be saying anything oh it's cold out here right. somehow I, my brain would try to decode what it's cold out here meant and, and try to associate it with something negative towards me right. to, that would make you know scared and frantic and and so really 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 crazy situation man um and I, you know, obviously my, my my friend there in the car, they don't they don't know anything going so on. So all I'm, I'm, so during all this time, you still playing it cool. Exactly. Gotcha. So trying okay. trying my best, man. Right, like, right, you, right. You know how it is when you know something happened and you don't want to know. You trying your best to play it cool. I'm 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 freaked out, man. I'm super duper scared, paranoid on a thousand trillion mm. like for real like yeah. i didn't know what was going on I'm like what in the world is happening right now but it was scary and you know i was kind of tightening up you know in my muscles and but like you said definitely trying to play it cool trying to play it normal like nothing's happening but something was definitely happening uh so, so we end up getting back to my friend's house um and we're chilling there um and, you know, this is actually a funny story because I never told anybody at this particular moment. This hey, particular welcome to the Flagrant <laughs> 2 listeners. They're like, Murph, you find a way to get information out of people, Murph. That's why we love you. And again, shout out to you, Jermaine, for, for just taking your time and expressing your story, brother boy. That's for my listeners that rock with me. They know I say that almost every show. So no, I appreciate you, brother. For sure. So, so, so check it right. So we're sitting now. Now we're now we're at the house, and my friend she goes off into her room. And I actually wrote about this. I don't know. I didn't write about this in my book. I probably should have. But she goes off into her room. Uh, you know what? I did write about this. Sorry about that. And there's she had mail on her table, or on her front table. 
And so my brain, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm paranoid. I'm out of here. My brain is just doing all what it wants to do, thinking of all of its own scenarios. Mm-hmm. And so now I get a little bit, you know, afraid. I'm like, I'm now I'm, I'm still thinking that she might be plotting on me. What is what is the deal with this? Mm-hmm. She had mail on the table. And so something told my brain to pick up the mail and open it because <laughs> I'll, I'll probably find some answers as to, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up the letter, I opened her mail. Some actually, it was it was kind of crazy because the letter definitely was very weird, and it's so funny. But the the letter is saying like, "Oh, you're gonna get thirty thousand dollars because you sent off these letters or something like that." Some weird looking letter from so I don't know, it looked like a government agency or something, just something weird. <laughs> I'm like. Anyhow, but the, the funny part is just me just picking up somebody at bail. Man, open just open like it up. I'm like, why are you touching my... Leave that alone. Yeah. Like, so she comes out the room, right? And she walks in and sees me actually holding the mail. And uh, she's like, you know, it's a, a crime to open somebody's mail. And I'm thinking to myself, well, duh. I'm like, <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm just sitting there and she snatches it out of my hand. And you know, pretty much that 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 moment just faded away. But that was really crazy. But then even to read that was actually some 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 peculiar stuff. And I'm sure it only added to whatever I was thinking. I'm like, right. Um. Anyway. Um. So 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 oddly, you know, this is like I said, the night I got admitted to the hospital. Oddly, I have a brother, man. I'm number. I'm I'm the third. I'm actually three or four boys in my family. Okay. And me in particular, brother, we don't talk much at all. Mm. Um, just you know, kind of never really were, were close growing up, and it just kind of grew into our adulthood. Uh, he called me, <clears throat> and he's like, um, "Hey Nate, you, like this is this is a whole conversation. Hey Nate, you doing okay, man?" But he sounded super super concerned. It wasn't like you know one mm. of those like, "Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, to, let's you know let's chat." It was just like a really concerned. Hey Nate, man, you doing all right? And, and I remember hearing the concern in his voice and thinking to myself, that's okay, my sign. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. man. And I was like, okay, you know, God, what are you trying to do? I, I know I'm in distress. I know I'm in this place, you know, where I have no idea what was happening to myself. Mm-hmm. And then he's caused with this concern. And so I, I, I felt that, like you said, I felt that, okay, this is a sign. I'm about to get some help. And so I was like, I don't know. And then he said, you want me to come and get you? And I mm. said, yeah, that was the whole entire conversation. Mm. And, uh, and so in my mind, in my mind and in my heart, I, I honestly believe that God had orchestrated whatever to happen so that, you know, he can cause an intervention and, you know, and I can actually be, be rescued at this moment. This was happening in my mind, just talking to him. And that was the end of the conversation. I texted him my, the address. He came and got me. He was there like 15 minutes. Uh, when he showed up, he actually showed up with one of my sisters and she was driving so we get into the car um and, and my sister's like so hey nate where you want to go you want to you know you want to go to mom's house i'm like uh no nah. she's like you want to go to dad's i'm, I'm like no nah. she's like well you know where do you want to go uh and and at this point all right so first of all there's history with that particular sister and brother mm. as, it relates, as it relates to you know uh ill you know uh, i guess ill things that were done to me growing up you know I, th- these two were literally two of my biggest criticizers in my home man like you know all the talent that, that that i was displaying and people were you know loving outside of my home you know these two 
amongst others in my family, but I, th I think these two were two of the main ones where, you know, they actually criticized, you know, me big time. It made me feel bad for the talent I had, made me feel bad for, you know, who I was becoming. And, and and I remember actually when I got into the car, I was I was sad. Like, why are these two the ones? On <laughs> right, I can imagine. Wow. But but nonetheless, I still thought God was you know causing an intervention for me. So I was like, I'm just going with what He has. Like it, it, it don't matter. You know, when He's trying to bless you or do something for you, it come through your worst enemy. As long mm -hmm. as it's coming, whatever. But mm -hmm. I definitely thinking like, man, this is the worst car ride on planet. And so at that moment when she says, so, so what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I just started crying. Number one, I was crying because why am I in this car with these two? This mm. is this back for me. And then number two is like, they couldn't understand even if I tried to explain to them what was happening. And, you know, and not only that would they not understand because it's these two, they wouldn't even try to understand. They would, they wouldn't even care to understand. This would actually just probably be a check mark for them, like another way that they could, you know, that I can be in distress without them causing it. You know, pretty much it was just, it was just all bad, man. I just started crying, dude, because at that point I just knew that I had no support system, no real support system, not even from my own family. Mm. Um, and I knew that. Um, and they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, because I didn't want to explain myself. I didn't want to go into any of this. I just, my only response was, I just love God. Because right. like I said, I'm still thinking about what he's doing and what, you know, this could have mean. And my brain was on him. I'm like, yo, I just love God. That was it. And so my sister, she's actually a nurse. And what I'm thinking is that she maybe saw signs that, you know, uh, you know, pointed to okay something is wrong right and so she actually ended up um, she actually ended up driving me to a local hospital there uh, in southfield michigan um and so we we pull up to the hospital i didn't even know where we were i'm, I'm just sitting there crying and she's like hey nate don't run and at that moment you know most people probably feel a little hesitant to 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 to, to see what was happening after that but mm -hmm. my brain associated I got kind of joyful. I was, you know, I was like, okay, I want to see what's on the other side of don't run. Like, uh, cause I'm still, my mind is still on, you know, trying to, you know, grab what God could be doing. This mm -hmm. is what brand is associating this whole scenario. This is what God is doing. And so when she said, Hey, Nate, don't run. I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to see what's on the other side. And so I look up and we're at the hospital. I, I, I didn't even know cause I was sitting there crying. And we get out of the hospital, we go into the, uh, we get out of the car, we go into the hospital and, and we went into the, you know, the lobby section or whatever. And that night, you know, they uh, admitted me into ER and, and I got uh, administered to their psych ward. And like I said, I stayed there 10 days. Wow. And I want to just, again, just applaud you, brother, for telling your story, going back to that, that place and. I want to just define the definition of schizophrenia just for those who do not know and just for those who heard of it, just a refresher. Okay. It's a long-term mental disorder of a type involving a breakdown in the relation between thought, emotion, and behavior leading to faulty perception, inappropriate actions, and feelings withdrawal from reality and personal relationship into fantasy and delusion and the sense of mental fragmentation wow and yeah. on top of that brother the like i said uh, offline that may is 
Mental Health Awareness Month. And for you to bless the Flagrant 2 platform with your story, man, is huge. So thank you again. I'm sure my listeners out there shaking their head. Definitely, you know, thankful that you're able to tell your story. But this is just the beginning, though, listen. We still got more show to come. But I just want to make sure I took time just to let you know what you're doing is huge and that we need more men such as yourself letting us into at that moment one of your darkest times so now that you were there and you said for 10 days i'm sure those 10 days probably felt like years yeah yeah it, it did feel like a long time for sure i was i remember like man when am i gonna leave this joint yeah. i didn't even realize that i would be leaving on the 10th but nonetheless i was definitely excited nice 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 so how's your relationship with your with now you know with your brother and sister from that incident? Uh, honestly, man, I still don't talk to to to, to neither on a regular basis. Mm. Um, it, it is what it is, you know. Like I say, it's ten of us total, man. Like I, I only few people know what it's like to be a part of a huge bunch. Uh, I don't think it's anything unordinary to 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 not speak to you know you know a few of them. You know for for long gaps because it's right. just too many of us to try to keep up with you know we all have our own lives and it just is what it is We're living in different states and blah 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 <laughs> i don't i That's actually real. don't even yeah it's just real man i actually i don't have anything against neither of them i actually wish nothing but the best i hope nothing but success comes their way it's right. just that my my life is is focused on my life and right. i don't really have room to be looking elsewhere but but i'm just moving forward powerful and i hope the listener just grabbed that and and i say that to say because so many people feel like oh man you know i i have to be you know i have to be the person the bigger person all the time sometimes just do you and if yeah. that person or the situation be better it's a lot of times things are turn around on your behalf similar to what you said i i love them they know that it's just for whatever reason it's just not working they know how to reach me they know how to find me but boom go from there so i applaud you for not just you know waiting patiently before you you know continue to live your life waiting on people who got other agendas ahead of you anyway yeah yeah man absolutely it's just hey man you got to focus on, on what you're trying to do what you're trying to accomplish and bring into you know fruition for your life and that's what your your focus should be on not trying to find out what somebody else is doing or how you know no forget that Right, right, right. So the good part. So you talked about your book. Let's 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 talk about the book, man. Let's talk about the title, name, and just a, a, a small overview uh, of your book. Yeah. All right. So the name of the book is "Remind Me to Think: The Genius Behind Crazy." Uh, and so basically, the book is for obviously those dealing with mental health um and, and it's for people abroad or you know just you know, average people living their everyday life uh, i actually um I, I challenge people's thinking as it relates to the mind as it relates to uh what is quote-unquote normal or what is deemed as quote-unquote normal mm -hmm. uh, and i actually you know show you that a lot of you know what is portrayed as like i said that quotation mark around normal what is portrayed as that normal is actually in total opposition to mental health and this is for the everyday person um, and so so i like i talk about self-esteem in the book you know knowing that that's that's a huge huge factor as it relates to our decision making uh as it relates to 
uh, the way we see the world around us. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever whatever we you know were you know if we were affirmed or we had lack of affirmation as a child, it would carry over into our adulthood, and it would definitely have implications on the way we do things, the way we see things, the way we behave. It all is tied there, you know, but we don't, we don't actually see it in, in process and in route to adulthood because it's, sometimes it's hard to, to slow down and actually be alert and self-aware and see your different stages and knowing how one particular thing impacted you through the years is difficult. But, you know, when you have hindsight, you could actually and then you actually have understanding of psychology and which takes, you know, studying. Mm-hmm. You understand a whole lot of who we are today has <laughs> more than a thousand percent to do with what we, what was presented to us and put in front of us as children and what we dealt with right. is just is what it is uh i go into in in, in the book i talk about uh, a broken psychiatric system where i researched and studied so many psychiatrists uh, who are actually against uh, psychoactive medications that they're given you know patients they believe and these are experts mind you they mm. believe that these medications actually do more harm than good. anything yeah. you know yeah than any good that could happen to a patient and and so they have they're they're trying to you know pretty much bring into light you know different methods of you know helping patients and not just giving them passing off some medication because that whole medication thing man it's, it's a big business man it's just mm. huge huge business and if i can keep you it, it's so funny right the, 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 this okay when, when i was smoking marijuana um, and this is why I'm now about to actually tell you why I believe that the marijuana had a lot to do with, you know, my situation and going to the hospital. First of all, they've already connected schizophrenia and marijuana scientifically. Mm-hmm. So I had a I had a guy who I used to get weed from. And I remember he used to say, hey, this is that gas. This is that gas. I didn't really understand what that word meant. It, yeah. Um, and so after coming out of the hospital, I did my research on uh, marijuana and I learned that, you know, people are putting their weed and embalming fluid and all these different types of things. Mm. And I remember smoking the marijuana from this particular uh, person that I buy from. And I remember feeling the difference in my throat and in my nose, my nostril area, where it, it just felt really funny, almost like it was on fire a bit. But, you know, it just is what it is. I just kept smoking it. And it was different from, you know, other weed that I smoked from, you know, other people. And, and so after studying marijuana, after getting out of the hospital, I was like, okay. And I started hearing that this is that gas, this is that gas. I started thinking, has this guy been giving me chemically increased weed? Wow. Like, and so, and I understand that they, they do things with their weed, whether it be sprinkling some type of drug on it or, you know, embalming fluid, they do it so that who's ever buying from them, they keep coming back to that, you know, to them. Right. And so they're not going off to get their weed from anywhere else. It's different. And that's literally mm-hmm. the same thing that they're doing in, in the psychiatric world and the medication world. If I can continue to, you know, diagnose you with this and say, hey, you need this, you need this. It's just keeping you coming back yeah. for more business yeah. and you just yeah. funneling you know, fueling my business. It, it, it's just a huge bit. And like I said, these ain't my words. I'm, I'm actually studying experts in the mm. psych, you know, in the psych realm. And they're saying like, this is the cause. They're, it's a big business and they know how to keep continuing their business. So that sounds like my grandma, brother. She'd be like, the only high I need is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy, though, man. But so it's like you going through the withdrawals, and then you feel like the only pick me upper is what you you know just had to keep yeah, you know yeah. keep you quote unquote yeah. stable. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and so funny, from those same, you know, psychiatrists that I researched, they actually say it's more dangerous to come off of the drug than the beginning. That's first of all, that's scary mm. that you're, you're, you're starting a drug that you were never supposed to start. Anyway. And then now when it's time to come off of it, it's more dangerous than when you began. Like you just said, it's because they become dependent on it. And now, you know, they have it withdrawals and now they feel like that's the only way that they can actually sustain their living. Mm. And they actually go into more suicidal thoughts just at the mm. thought of not being able to go and pick up this drug. Like it's, it's really, really, really crazy. And it's, it's a vicious cycle, man, a dangerous cycle at that one. And it's, just, it's, a, it's because of total ignorance, man, not only from the public, but from, from doctors themselves. Mm. And like you said, it's a business. So a lot of times, man, it's not about the person. It's about that almighty dollar. And you a spiritual man. Yeah. You have that background, the root, the, 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 the love of money is the root of evil. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Right? Absolutely. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm being biblical with it, but I'm I feel like we have that connection that we can share to the world. So what you basically a lot of things in the Bible, it makes sense, especially hearing your story. Like, man, these people don't care about your health. They just want you to keep feeding their pockets. Yeah. Yeah. And make you wanna feel like you unfortunately crazy or you need this to cope to live this you know god given life that he has given us so for you to tell what you're telling us man again salute to you brother yeah and you are so crazy man <clears throat> so you know when you're giving a diagnosis you're talking about somebody who's who's had a conversation with you for maybe 10 minutes like how does that happen first of all everybody on this planet is completely different mm -hmm. we all have so many different things going on in our lives right. And then you have a 10 minute conversation with me and you you have the right to say, oh, you have this. Oh, you have this. You got to be crazy. Like you, you crazy. Not the person you're talking to. <laughs> right. You're crazy because you just had a conversation for 10 minutes and you thought that you had the authority to tell somebody what they were based off of 10 minutes of knowing them in your entire life. That's insane to me. Mm. That's an obstruction of mental health. That is insanity. Powerful. My list was like, Merv, where did you find his brother? Actually, y'all, he found me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm thank God he did. So, Jermaine. Now you're Jermaine because it's more serious. But it's, it's, it's just because, you know, you, 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 that, you that dude. What helped you, though? Because we got some listeners that might be going through depression or, you know, anything in a dark place. Like, what helped you to overcome oh. shit? you know what you went through it, it was definitely um from from the jump or from from the start of my you know redevelopment um and my my you know renewal of mine it started with prayer meditation and reading my bible for okay. sure okay that, that that was you know the beginning steps of getting clarity of getting you know to to a place where i felt you know quote unquote normal again or felt like I was, you know, moving in, in the same way again. Um, and then from there, um, I think that was, I think those were, yeah, those were the healing starts. And then from there, man, I got a hold to something that we've had a hold to or we've had access to. Um, probably we have more access now, but we already, we've always been taught about it, which is knowledge, man. Right. Um, you know, 
we've been taught that since we were kids. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Right. Man, I don't. I don't. I don't quite understand. I don't think that people really understand how powerful it is, man. It, it, knowledge totally, totally shifted my mind into a new space, a, a greater space than even before I even had these. You know, had the situation with the schizophrenia and depression. My, my brain is on another level, all due to to knowledge. And, and I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, Albert Einstein. He says that education uh, is not the learning of facts, but it's only a tool for thinking. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tool for the mind to think. And so th that's that's real deep right there, man. Right, so right. so th there's a book called The Selfish Gene, and it goes into how uh, our minds or our, um, our sperm fought off every other sperm. And, and now we're here today because <clears throat> our sperm fought off the millions and it won. And so, mm. you know, all my feelings that I could have been thinking of, you know, I'm not, you know, worthy, I'm not loved. And the, all those depressive thoughts that, that would take somebody into a suicidal bubble, mm -hmm. it would just that, that bubble was just obliterated. It was like, OK, I don't have to think because, you know, and it's really it's, it's sad because, you know, like I told you about my environment where I got criticism and didn't didn't feel certain things. So that could be a heavy weight and you start to think, well, maybe I'm not, you know, worthy or maybe I'm not, you know, this, that and the other. But you got to understand if your sperm fought of every other sperm, it decided you were significant. It decided that you were the perfect one. It decided that your, your life had purpose mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with, you know, your environment that you were raised in. The fact that you are living is the evidence that you are the one that should be here and you're supposed to be here so you have more than significance you have a specific place mm. here on this earth and Amen. it's only it cannot be filled by anything or anything or anyone other than you mm -hmm. and so just that one piece of fact you know that that of, of the sperm of my sperm thought of every other ones it dispelled and just kind of just eradicated every other you know negative thought that i could have had towards myself and so depression i'll see you later because mm -hmm. i know who i am mm -hmm. and it's, it's just really really that 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 powerful like that that knowledge piece is super powerful and man. speak it to I, existence man there you go you are beneath yeah. me yep 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 yeah i just i had like a strong regiment and still do uh, of new ingestion of information man and that totally you know with like i said with that prayer and meditation and, and reading my bible Tap, bringing on the knowledge, man, the influx of information, dude, man, my brain totally did just like a whole 180. And it's like I said, it's well beyond where it even was before any of this happened. Mind over matter. Absolutely. Powerful, 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 powerful. So, like I was saying, man, schizophrenia, depression, any type of mental illness. One thing that Nate said, now I'm changing them now to Nate. He said something that was interesting. His brother, out of the blue, just called. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to just let my listeners know, because I, I just really feel, man, somebody out there, you just, if it's in your heart or in your spirit, call that person. Just call them. Tell them you love them. That might be a sign for them to open up to you and let them know they got some things on their mind or their heart. That's a good it's, point. As simple really? as a phone call, because like he said, man, he's a brother. I'm a brother. We're men, and a lot of times it's hard for us because of how we grew up, especially in the Midwest. You Detroit. I'm Gary, Indiana. We were brought up to keep everything in. You got to man up. Yeah. You you gonna be soft if you you know show signs of weakness. So 
for that listener out there, for those people, if it's in your heart or they're on your mind, just call them. Just tell them you love them or just say hi. It will go a long way. And one of the last things, too, that I want to ask you, Jermaine, is I know you got the project. If you can just talk about your project and what's next for you and your endeavors, brother. Yeah, so I have a fundraiser for the marketing and launching of my book. Um, the, the name of the fundraiser is Project Genius of a Schizophrenic. And basically what I'm doing is trying to get funds, 9,000 total, so that, you know, once I'm ready to publish this book, that it can actually reach, you know, all the hands and, you know, reach the masses uh, who it's supposed to, who it's supposed to affect, who it's supposed to help. I want it to get into those hands. And so I want to do it in the, in the best way possible. Uh, as it relates to the marketing so that it can reach as many people as possible. And so I'm offering anyone who donates, whether it be a penny or a dollar, it doesn't even matter what it is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send over the original copyrighted manuscript of the book. And that way you could actually be amongst the first to, to get a chance to read it. Uh, and I leave space for, you know, that individual to email me back and forth, you know, whether they liked it or not, you know, whether they thought that maybe I could have added, you know, something or, hey, did you consider this? And so by the time it actually publishes, it could very well have changed uh, based on the, the feedback that I've gotten from those donors and those readers. So, and so yeah, that's how we're doing that. And I appreciate that. So for I'll tell you, my listeners be engaged, man. So they're like, hey, when more or less is it going to be published? So they can really look forward to, you know, the full story. I was looking for it to be published this year, but again, you know, I'm I'm really really trying to use those uh, those funds from the donors yeah, to actually, resources. yeah, to really really publish it in the in the best way. There's nothing like putting out a book and marketing it properly so that it reaches hands. And then on the vice on the flip side, there's nothing like you know putting out a book that no one knows about it, it won't get any reach no one's going to actually read it right. so that's why that, that marketing piece is very 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 important because it needs to be known that this book is out you know what i mean right and so it, it's kind of depending on you know the, those those funds coming in for the fundraiser on when i'll actually uh publish but my, my, my mind originally said that i wanted to publish this year though okay okay so for those listeners out there again thank y'all for rocking with me and now those who rocking with Jermaine and, and I know my listeners, they're going to say, how did you get the name Nate Calloway? I'm just being honest. That's going to be one of the questions. So I might as well ask you now. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so my name is Jermaine Samuel Nathan Tolbert. That's my full government name. I was, gotcha. My mom named me after my great uncle, uh, who was a great man. His name is Bishop Samuel Nathan Hancock. Uh, he actually is the founder uh, of the PCAF, which is the Pentecostal Church of the Apostolic Faith. Mm. Um, and so and when I was born, my, my mom says that God told her to name me after him, uh, basically that his torch would be passed on to me and that I would be great and do do awesome things. Uh, and so as, as, a, as a child, everyone calls me Nate or Nathan. Like my mom even calls me that. All of my siblings, everyone <laughs> okay. close to me. In, in my entire family we don't call each other by our first name we call each other by our middle names it's mm. just the way we grew up mm -hmm. and so they call me nate or nathan and so when i got with my manager at the time when i began rb you know he's like okay hey have you heard of cab calloway and i'm like well yeah he's in our black history obviously he opened doors and barriers uh for you know the black musicians to be able to be successful today and so he's like well what if we put his name at the end of what everybody else already calls you which is nate and we just pay homage to cab calloway simultaneously mm. so that's where 
That's where Nate Calloway came from. Powerful. So yeah, I told y'all listeners, I got y'all. That's why y'all rock with me. I like to, you know, make sure everybody is on the same page. But hey, but for real, you guys, please make sure. And and, and Nate, he's going to uh, give you his social handles and and uh, and I'll do a better job when I post on social media links such as the the link to donate and his social handles. That way, we can definitely show this brother support and just watch his journey as he continue to tell his story on schizophrenia depression and just making sure he reaches many people as he can yeah and and that 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 the link for the the fundraiser is at www.youcaring.com slash genius of the schizophrenic project uh, it's, it's actually kind of crazy that the the whole site you caring they just merged with GoFundMe. And so on July 31st, yeah, on July 31st, there will no longer be a you caring. It's going to be all on GoFundMe. So you guys, you guys can actually go over to GoFundMe and just put in the search Genius of a Schizophrenic, Project Genius of a Schizophrenic. You'll find it. And that, that link is actually GoFundMe.com slash Genius of a Schizophrenic. Nice, nice, nice. And because of this show, man, I'm going to definitely have to update the, the notes. I haven't done it just because I have multiple platforms, but for this particular occasion, I would definitely, definitely make sure I add your links and social handles on the notes. So what's next for you, man? You you getting back into singing? You 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 like what what what's next for you, man? Yeah, I believe I will, man. But I think my music is going to be uh, vastly different. It's probably going to reflect, you know, the, you know, that grace that I was afforded to step away from a diagnosis and a traumatic experience such as such. And, and my, my music is going to be inspirational. It's going to be uplifting. Uh, it's going to be more uh, uh, dedicated to impacting people's lives. Right. Uh, so that's what my music will, will, will be. Hey, y'all. Y'all heard, man, my list of some in tears. Some smiling, some just like, wow, I, I guess I don't have it that bad. And, and, and guess what? And, and, and any wise person to tell you, be careful about complaining because somebody got it worse than you. Yeah. yeah. So, man, if you want to just give your social handles, brother, before yeah, we I'm wrap on. this up, how they can reach you. If they have any further questions. Or any other concerns or maybe a testimony or a praise report after they hear this, they can definitely reach out to you and just let them yeah, know how they free. can. Feel free to reach out. I'm on Instagram at Jermaine underscore Tolbert. I'm on Twitter at J underscore underscore Tolbert. And then Facebook uh, as Jermaine Tolbert. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. You know, if you have a similar story or you know of someone who dealt with a similar story, hey, man, reach out. Say what's up. You know, we, we can go ahead and definitely get connected. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Hey, y'all. Y'all already know, man. Y'all know y'all know how I do it, man. I got love for everybody. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to rocking with me, my brother Jermaine, a.k.a. Nate, a.k.a. the homie Jay. You know, he living in Texas. <laughs> you know, so um, don't be surprised, y'all. We actually link up sooner than expected. He's only a few hours away, so we, we yeah. definitely – Got some things that we we, we we can do in the near future. So, um, But you can find the show 
on most platforms, including Our Heart Radio. You can find me on Twitter and IG at Murph. Oh, man, it's powerful. And y'all, again, thank y'all for just rocking with me. And y'all already know how I close the show. Don't lose. You know what? I'm going to stop right there. Guys, please make sure you donate. Please donate, donate, donate. Because this is actually going to be a huge, huge, even a penny. Just something. Just so we can show support to our brother who's reached out, told us some things that a lot of people don't know. And it's in the book that's not even out yet. So he took time to give us some exclusive insight. So please, 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 please make sure you donate, 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 and support this brother by following him on his social handles. And now I'm out. And y'all know how I close the show. Don't lose yourself with life problems. Stay strong and fight the good fight. It's a lot going on day in and day out. Man, it's a grind. Don't lose the vision. Fight the good fight. Uh, D-Murph, you did it again Setting trends like you winning the win Fighting a good fight, sick of the sins Connecting dots now with all the pins We just trying to be good men I Adore my wife and I love my kids I never let them down, never let them frown Never let a clown take a crown Hit me cause I'm brown, that's okay I got the blood of a king Saw it in the dream, ain't all with the scene Try to turn us to fiends We drown in the streams while we chasing that dream It's all about the dollar bill, y'all And stop chasing that thrill, y'all These beliefs trying to kill y'all I'm just here trying to heal y'all so listen as we work, dropping them gems now, rocking with D Murph. Tuning in as we get it in, so melanin, being better men, we so adamant about the culture, sick that is vultures. We in the game now, watch how we coach ya. Keep your guns in the holster. Love is life, and that's how we approach it.